Hello, world. It's a Monday. Stand by for news and stuff right after this. Hey, did you have a good weekend? Did you make it to church? Of course you did. What did the preacher preach on? Did he have a key verse? What was his theme? Are you applying it today to your life? Uh, I was back in the pulpit after several weeks. <laughs> they, <laughs> while I was gone, named me associate pastor. <laughs> it was a great time. God blessed yesterday. We used the life of Job, the life of David, challenging people and warning them on a couple of areas to, well, not get conceited in their faith. And then to, uh, again, adhere to the Word of God in every area possible. We had a great time. Even had visitors. One of our gals went to the beauty shop, and there was somebody sitting next to her. She started witnessing, said, why don't you come here? Our preacher at the cross Sunday. Well, mom and daughter came. Older group there. It was wonderful. Isn't it great to have visitors to your church? Continue to pray, my friend. God is blessing. We're going to try to get our book done in the next 45 days called Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim. And uh, got excited reading my own book yesterday. Pray about that one, my friend. Looking forward to what God is doing in the ministry here at the Cross in Greg Patton Ministries, Southwest Radio Church. Lots of stuff happening. Get to talk to Billy Crone this week and Dr. Dennis Cuddy. Oh, this is what a great way to live, serving Jesus. What in the world is going on? A group of at least a thousand, they counted them, thousand migrants rushed the Paso del Nora Bridge, linking Mexico to the U.S. in El Paso, Texas. That was yesterday. To gain access, coming into the country, nothing new there under Sleepy Joe's administration. Come one, come all. Crowd control measures were used when the group, mainly Venezuelan migrants, continued to press forward, though according to sources at the border, those efforts were torted. Videos show migrants of all ages pressing forward on the fenced border with some putting their hands in the air to encourage others to continue moving forward. Let's get into America, of course. What are you going to do, Joe? Concerned, of course. Need to be concerned. Over the last 20 years, China has ramped up its economic ties with nations all across Latin America. But it is China's rising influence in the region that has Washington increasingly concerned. The growing threat that China poses to the United States has moved ever forward in the American conscious as Defense officials and lawmakers continue to monitor emerging trends from Beijing's burgeoning relationships going on worldwide. China's quiet expansion in the Southern Hemisphere has increasingly caught the attention of the U.S. defense officials and lawmakers, including, well, Florida Republican Representative Maria Elvira Salazar, who last month drew attention to a growing security threat emerging from Latin America. In a House Foreign Affairs Committee hearing, this woman told lawmakers that Argentina, along with nations like Venezuela and Bolivia, were allowing China to gain a military foothold in Latin America. Things are certainly ramping up. Chinese President Xi Jinping has been to Latin America more times than President Obama, Trump, and Biden combined in the last decade. The Chinese are not here for trade. They're here preparing for war. Well, that's something to pray about.
Seems like they're into everything, everywhere, all the time. Advances in neuroscience, engineering, artificial intelligence, AI, have brought us a world of greater brain transparency with consumer brain wearables coming of age. You heard of this? We can now monitor brain activity as easily as we track your heart rate, blood oxygen levels, and steps taken in one day, which will revolutionize our relationship with technology and understanding of ourselves and with one another. Consumer brain wearables can empower us to take charge of our mental health and well-being, but they also threaten our last bastion of freedom. Consumer brain wearables are devices with brain sensors embedded into everyday technology like earbuds, earphones, watches. They can detect brain activity to give us insight into, oh, our minds. Powerful algorithms can decode and classify brain activity to tell whether a person is focused, whether they're stressed, whether they're engaged, frustrated, meditating, and much more which means that you can listen to music or take a conference call. Your brain activity can be recorded in real time. I don't know, just really scary sounding, isn't it? Not talking about tomorrow. We're talking about today. And deep into that, China, of course. What in the world is going on? Chinese thought police at work in America. Another thing to pray about. Well, let's head over to Moronville and uh, have a visit with an idiot. It's no surprise to anyone that property and rent prices are skyrocketing. Without a doubt, people are suffering today through the cost of living. In such difficult circumstances, there are still people out there. There's still landlords out there who are doing everything they can possibly do to extort money from people, no matter their current situation. One example was a TikTok user by the name of Ron Blouf who bought a property in Miami from another landlord and then called the lady, did this on TikTok, showed it on TikTok, making his phone call to this woman, telling her that her $1,100 a month rent would be increased to $2,500. Oh, my goodness. Where is my... It's another story. We could do this for an hour. Yep, there's some real winners out there. They're telling Florida to get ready. Tampa, marine scientists are tracking a 5,000-mile-wide seaweed bloom. So large it's seen from space, twice as wide as the United States. These blooms are nothing new, but scientists say this could be one of the largest in the history ever. It was heading toward Florida's Gulf Coast at last check. Twice as wide as the... Okay. More news. Right after this. Well, as most of you know, I've been collaborating with Dr. Ken Copley, an expert on spiritual warfare. His new book available, Greg Patton Ministries, called The Great Deceiver. Ours will be out soon, but boy, he's going deep into a number of areas and thousands of counseling sessions to say basically with depression, fear is the main cause of most all depression. Now, we can talk about clinical depression and go into all kinds of details, but by and large, I think it was Kurt Koch who said that he could empty most mental institutions if he dealt with the area of demonic. And in comparing different books and articles on this, yep, fear, depression, it's real. Christians, fearful? You know, a believer is captive of fear when he or she chooses to be. As a man thinketh in his heart, 
so is a some people actually organize their life for at least portions of it around this whole thing avoiding anxiety producing ideas or situations but christians don't have to live in that kind of bondage because they trust in god he's the key that unlocks all of those shackles god's not given a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind but sometime or another apprehension enters the life of every believer but it, it need not stay there to confront our fear and overcome it we got to first acknowledge its presence if we ignore anxiety or try to work around it we will likely step out of god's will you know after you've admitted to being afraid the next thing you got to do is identify the nature of that fear what's going on here Sometimes we feel anxious without knowing exactly why. But the Holy Spirit can reveal what is holding us captive, can't he? you got to begin the process of defeating fear's hold on your life. And there's no better tool for doing that than breaking those chains with the sword of the Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.17, that's true. God's Word speaks to our individual fears. Use a concordance to find specific practical help there. I mean, look it up on the Internet. Or for more general encouragement, turn to Isaiah 41, verse 10. Yeah, this is a very important promise and therefore a helpful verse to memorize. When I feel anxious, take Isaiah 41, 10 back to God by praying. Now, here's what you said, Lord. I believe you because you never lie, so I will trust you. Lord, I know you're going to work out this situation. Trusting God is the only way to be free from any fear. So decide whether you are going to believe him and his promises or be shackled by your emotions. I'll go ahead, look it up. Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. Business news. Ah, oh, trying to trick us, are you? An Illinois man has filed a class action lawsuit against Buffalo Wild Wings, their restaurant chain alleging their boneless wings are essentially chicken nuggets. This clear-cut case of false advertising should not be permitted as consumers should be able to rely on plain meanings of a product's name and receive what they're promised. Class action all over the country there. Buffalo Wild Wings. In the banking industry, on extremely stressful weekend, depositors of collapsed Silicon Valley Bank were told they could have everything everywhere all at once. Sounds like a name for a, a movie. Yesterday, the U.S. government informed anxious depositors that they'd have access to all the money they stashed with the lender to get it today, even if the amount exceeded a quarter of a million dollars, which is the limit for FDIC. So, well, that's exciting, but what's happening with the banks? Well, I'm just, <laughs> as a chef waking up to this one, it's all over. Story of my life. The Instant Pot. You got one? It's just about washed up. After sales of electronic multi-cooker devices reached, oh, 758 million in 2020, they plummeted by 50% last year. I guess uh, it seems as though every household in America that wanted an Instant Pot already has one or has moved on to some other shiny kitchen appliances. I know I've fallen for it. Got my new air fryer the other day. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I'm a sucker for these kind of things. You should see everything on the shelf in the basement. <laughs> uh, 
What else is happening? A lot right here in Indiana. Columbus, Indiana. Former Vice President Mike Pence criticized his former boss, Donald Trump, for his actions on January the 6th, saying his reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. And I know that history will hold Donald Trump accountable. Not going to score any points there, Mike. Eight people killed when two migrant smuggling boats capsized in thick fog off the San Diego coast yesterday. It was one of the deadliest disasters ever involving migrants on U.S. shores. As many as half a million Israelis protested the government's planned judicial changes on Saturday night in, in what the newspaper called the biggest demonstration in that country's history. American skier Michaela Schifrin. She broke the record for the most World Cup victories ever. 87, really? Oh, and this is a sign of the times. Newark, New Jersey unveiled a statue of abolitionist Harriet Tubman to replace the statue that was removed earlier of Christopher Columbus. Are you kidding me? And you know, we need to stop, look, and listen and think about, again, loss of life. We hear so much about violence and death. We become desensitized. One example, Ukrainian troops killed more than 1,100 Russian soldiers on Saturday in what could be considered the deadliest day of fighting. 1,100 lives. Where did those souls go and think about grieving families in Russia? Hey, let's switch gears. Let's get positive here. Living in today's world. This is a, a good message. Sharon shared this. We can learn a lot from bees. My dad has bees, she says. Today I went to his house and he showed me all the honey he'd gotten from the hives. Took the lid off a five-gallon bucket full of honey and on top of the honey, well, there were three. And they were three little bees struggling. They were covered in sticky honey and they were drowning. I asked him if we could help them and he said he was sure they wouldn't survive. Casualties of honey collection, I guess that's what you call it. I asked him if we could at least get them out and kill them quickly. After all, he was the one who taught me to put suffering animals or bugs out of their misery. He finally conceded, scooped the bees out of the bucket, put them on an empty yogurt container, and put the plastic container outside. Because he had disrupted the hive with the earlier honey collection, there were bees flying all over the place. We put these three little bees in the container on a bench and left them to their fate. My dad called me out a little while later to show me what was happening. These three little bees were surrounded by all their sisters. All of the bees are females. And they were cleaning the sticky, nearly dead bees up, helping them to get all the honey off their bodies. We came back a short time later, and there was only one little bee left on the container. And she was still being tended to by her sisters. When it was time for me to leave, we checked one last time. All three of the bees had been cleaned up, and they flew away, and the container was empty. Now get it. Those three little bees lived because they were surrounded by family and friends who would not give up on them, family and friends who refused to let them drown in their own stickiness and resolved to help until the last little bee could be set free. Bee sisters, bee peers, bee teammates. I think we could all learn a thing or two from bees. Be kind always. It's important. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Thoughts from here, there, and everywhere. 
243 years, not one person is drowned going through the proper channels to become an American citizen. Sometimes you don't realize how good the good old days were, the old America, how good they were until they're gone. Old roads, old dogs, old folks, and old ways still have a lot to offer in this sped-up world we live in. Nothing you have is by luck or chance. It was all God's grace and favor to you. And finally, a good Baptist friend of mine, Pastor Richard Tudor, on his Facebook page, I'm in a relationship with coffee. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. I could probably make this today's devotion. I was reviewing old text, old Facebook posts, different things like that, and here's one that came up from a few years ago. Chad wrote to me from down there in Tennessee, I enjoy hearing your show. My, how much our country needs to hear it. Although I was born and raised in the church and am now 42, I've been preaching two years, virtually unknown, preach wherever God opens a door. I've been asked to work with a Missions for Christ, small mission group in Bristol, about 20 preachers that go out all over the world, two by two, preaching and building churches and schools. I like it. I wanted to ask you to help me pray about revival. We'll do that, Chad. I mean, real revival, the kind that doesn't end when the preacher leaves, but revival like the Awakenings and the Welsh Revival. Amen. These were revivals where God's power was seen, felt, and realized. Our churches are so content and half-hearted today. We both know that God isn't half-hearted, nor half as powerful. And we being his children for the sake of our lost and our country, we've got to have a heart for revival today. I know that God is just as powerful as always, but we're living half-hearted. And we can't expect more than we have now. We need revival, and it starts with a vision and a burden. I can remember as a kid the Holy Ghost working in such a way at the church, so much so that people driving by would be convicted, come running into the church wanting to know about Jesus. I've heard about that too, Chad. We need that again in our world, but we have to lay aside the weights that hold us back. Draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. Please help me pray and encourage others to get serious about revival. Please keep up the outstanding work that you're doing. I'll continue to pray for you and your ministry and appreciate your prayers. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Chad. I'll do just that, and we will pray for you. You're on the list, my friend. You know, Brother Chad brings up an interesting point there. I recall our days in evangelism. We traveled around the country. Basically, I was, I guess what I would call a revivalist. Uh, more than the salvation message, we would preach to the choir and get the choir right, and wonderful things happened. We have had some of the greatest meetings ever in churches all over America and overseas. And speaking of that, I remember going to Bajardo, Bajardo, Puerto Rico, Maranatha Baptist Church with Pastor Gary Sprunger. I'm not sure what kind of ministry he's in today, but he had a mission church there in the naval base at Vajardo. And we had a tremendous time. Uh, we preached in his church for a week. We went all over the island. But we were in his church for a week, and oh my goodness, the soul saved every night. 
It was just a fantastic, one of the greatest times I've ever had in the ministry. But I was really discouraged the last day there when just kind of reminiscing a little bit about the week and what the future would hold there for Maranatha and the assistant pastor, we were talking, and, and he said, and, and he was quite serious. He said, you know, Brother Patton, there's only one thing wrong with uh, this ministry and what happened here at the church this week. And I said, then what would that be, sir? He said, it's going to take this church about 30 days to get back to normal. Talk about discouraging. 30 days to get back to normal. Oh, yeah, there's excitement, emotions running high. Believe that people were genuinely saved here and families got right with God. But, yeah, 30 days, it's going to wear off and we're going to go back to church as usual. Boy, I don't know about that. What do you think? Church as usual. Let me think here. It was, wasn't the last time I was down in the Tri City area. Maybe it was last fall down there in. Tennessee, when I heard about a meeting been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, seven days a week. Longest we ever held was at Roanoke Baptist Church, our home church. Started out as a three-day meeting, turned into four solid weeks. That was great. So many saves, so many decisions made for God. But uh, yeah, we really need something special in our life. Church today is different. It really is. Now, you have a meeting today. It's generally uh, three days, and do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and maybe start another church on Wednesday and go through Friday or Sunday. Uh, seldom, at least up north here, do we have those long meetings anymore. It just doesn't seem like God is working. Is he? Can he? Of course he can. I think Chad hit it right on the nose here. The problem is us. We're not prepared. We're not reading our Bibles. Uh, we're not fasting, we're not praying, we're not serving mankind, we're not fellowshipping as we should, men with men, women with women, properly. No, so many things wrong, and it could change in your church today. If everybody got on the same page spiritually, it could change in your church today, and you know it could, my friend. God is ready, willing, and able. I recall one of my former associates Dr. Ken Copley talked about fasting, 40 days. Have you ever done that? There's some men who do it regularly, 40 days. I had a meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, and prior to that meeting, pastor, yep, 40 days. All kinds of attacks from Satan and his demons during that time, but great, great meeting. That's what it takes. Sacrifice. Somehow we went a bit of the world today, and all oh, we're spiritual, yeah, you were in church yesterday. Uh, you tithed yesterday. You might have even gone forward in the service if there was an invitation. But, yep, something definitely lacking in the new America, the church and the new America. So much noise and stuff, entertainment in the church today. So many motivational pastors where the message would be just as good down at the local library or a public assembly. Sure. Preaching the Word of God, bring us back Paul. Let's just have a Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a D.L. Moody, George Whitfield with his booming voice out there in the fields, a Tozier. Oh, my goodness, change the world. That's what we need, isn't it? You know it's true, my friend. I'll pray for you and your church. Would you do the same for the cross here in Fort Wayne, Indiana? 
and add Greg Patton Ministries, please. And finally, there's this. The emergency team was attending to this woman's husband who well, had some chest pains. So I asked the wife, does your husband have any cardiac problems? She said, yes, he does, with a note of concern. His cardiologist just died. <laughs> That's it for a Monday. Hello, world. News, information, got well, all kinds of stuff. You know what it's like here. Tell a friend about the broadcast and join me on Facebook, Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And that's the way it is. Monday, March 13th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless you. Have yourself a great day.